0: I think that's going to be my first brown of the year. Oh, not bad. Busted, but a decent buck. Not a bad shed. It's just, it's got really good mass right there <laughs> where all the snow is. Hard white. I'm going to say it's a hard white, but it's really brown. So Yes. Yes. Yes yes it happened i was working my way down this burn on bull tracks the whole way down and just freaking boom right in front of me big heavy brown As soon as i get on the radio i see the other side right here 20 yards away side by side brown elk set yes oh yes no he's nice bull all right look at the beam length on him killer big beam Dude, that is a sweet bull. There he is. I don't think I'm quite in frame, but big, nice bull. I mean, everything you hope for when you make the journey to the back country. Man, I gotta haul these things away. <laughs> Find some more. Let's go. Oh
1: man, it's not him. But heck, it's another brown. <laughs> oh, I'm having a blast, guys. It's not him, but look at that. Sweet frame bowl. Gorgeous, look to that one. That's the sight I need. Please be the match. Please be the match. Please, 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 please.
0: Yes, it's the match. Yes. It's the match. Oh. Yes!
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped. Oh my gosh, to find a brown, to have it be a heartbreaker, not be in the match, then to look across and find the match.
0: Look at how freaking big that horn is. Like... (laughs) I'm a big guy, and that's a big freaking bull. Other side is just busted and chewed to pieces. Look at them! Oh my heck!
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the CutterCast VlogCast. My name is Seth Larson. It's been a while since our last episode, but we are back. And we've got a doozy today but before we get in today's episode i want to tell you about canvas cutter spring fever promotion going on right now when you go to canvascutter.com and you purchase a dominator full pull bundle we're going to give you the mesh for free that's a hundred and five dollar value for free just for purchasing a dominator full pull bundle that's it now i know some of you out there might be like well seth i've already got a dominator full pull bundle and some of you might be like, I've already got the mesh. Well, guess what? You want a burrow duffel? You want the lightweight summit to go do some backpacking in a little while? Well, we can hook you up there too, because when you use promo code SPRINGFEVER at checkout, you're gonna get 10% off anything you purchase. So go to canvascutter.com today, use promo code SPRINGFEVER or purchase a Dominator Full Pull Bundle and take advantage of this promo. It's a pretty big one. It ends at the end of this month in April, uh, so you might want to hop on it. All right, so for today's episode, I sat down with Canvas Cutter's own Ben Dedamonte, most of you know him as Shed Crazy, and our good friend Eric Chester to talk about shed hunting. There are two guys that are very passionate about shed hunting and are known as such. So i wanted to get their insights of what drives them and how they feel about certain regulations and how they do what they do and why they do i think you're gonna find this episode wildly entertaining so without further ado here's shed hunting with ben and eric what's that like
0: 300 on here yeah it's 350. 350.
1: live are we on the are we on the, Dude, we're the always cutter recording. cast? We're always recording. You guys welcome to my shop. This is what we call South Slopes, the South Office of Hush. Um put this place together a year ago when I bought the house and I literally bought this house and property because this garage was on it built already and I was able to just kind of customize it from the ground up with a lot of help from my friends. So yeah welcome to the Welcome to South Slopes and welcome to the Shed Wall of Fame. Enter. Hero with music. <laughs> 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 Edit. Flashback. Hero. Focus. Outfit. What? Close-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where I keep most all of my what i call the keeper stack which is right to your right set this stack consists of all my favorite antlers from when i started shed hunting many years ago and a lot of them are kept because of either the story the size or just the memories made from that particular set like i have antlers in here that most people be like why do you even bother to keep a set that size and I've probably sold antlers that are bigger in score, but if my brother found them or a good friend of mine found them on a cool trip, I'll keep them for memory's sake. Can we see the retarded one? The retarded one? Oh, Seth's favorite. Pretty cool story behind this guy. I looked for this antler for a year, not knowing exactly what it was, because I found his other side first, which it's hard to see in the stack, but you can see it's got some weird antler growth as if it was like melted. So, I found that antler brown, and the rest of the antler is fairly normal. Always wanted to find the other side, and it took me a year. Same canyon, same place. I just didn't see it brown laying in the oak brush. But definitely one of the most unique antlers I've ever seen, and the most unique. And you're unique saying antler this is the front? This is a right antler. It would lay like something like that. Oh my gosh. So, that's the keeper stack. Uh, a lot of cool stuff in there. We could spend a whole another video like breaking that down. Um, but some of my favorites in here are either freaks like this one. Found this in a big nasty canyon with my buddy Ben Sandal. Call him Full Sandal. And I was lucky enough to match him up. His other side wasn't as impressive. But when they're broke like that after the fourth, they're never impressive. It takes yeah. so much antler away when they're when they're gone past the fourth. But super cool bull, and again another one that I kept because it's so unique. But yeah, got a lot of big sheds here. This is one of my favorite sets. Big, heavy, heavy bull, six by seven, and I think this right side weighs 15 pounds by itself. Oh my gosh. That's the heaviest set of sheds I've ever found. And he's somewhere in the 370s and he got killed the following year. And he must have grown a little bit because he was in the 380s. At least that's what I was told. Big bomber set, glassed him up far away using the binoculars and confirmed it with the spotting scope. That's one of my personal favorites. We've got a couple of my favorite white sets up here on the these rat cub um, displays this is a bull i just named him the big five i'm sure everyone's got their big five but that's my big five i've got many consecutive years often in fact it's this set right here so this bull um and then this is a brown set and i've got like five sets off the same bull found in the same general area he lived in this big mesa top and uh, he shed in the same area for five years. Couldn't find him last year, but they could be out there still. And then this bull, this is an Arizona bull. I picked up his right side brown. I was really motivated to match him up, and while I was doing so, I found his year before set. <laughs> That's what's so fun about these big bulls is they typically winter in the same general area year after year. Um, it could be snow dependent, especially in some units, different than others. But that bull shed, like same canyon, just one higher in elevation, and the the white set down low by water. This is a cool bull, uh, probably my favorite set found this year. Brown found this set with my buddy Isaiah and Riker. Those guys were nice enough to link up and uh, do a shed antler hunt with me. I found both sides. They were laying side by side. Not a high-scoring bull, but just way better than average mass. And then that front floater definitely makes him unique there. But a six by seven frame this year. He typically had a an extra on both sides, but his last year he lost it on the left side. Um, This is the single right side from the year before. And he just had a couple like sharp tooth extras, so super cool bull. And again, he shed right there in the same canyon, and we found multiple sets off him too.
2: Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we are back in uh, Eric's garage for this episode talking about shed hunting. I have a set of nine questions that I'm going to ask Eric and Ben. And uh, these two, as mentioned before, are well-known for their shed hunting and passion for sheds, which I know there's a lot of people who love antler. Um, some people take it to a whole new level, and <laughs> you guys have kind of become known for that. And so I had a couple questions for you. I
0: love We're it. We're just going to go through them quick. Let's go. Nine questions, three would you rather. I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's rock and roll.
2: All right, Ben Dog. Your name is Shed Crazy everywhere, so... I feel like you're qualified to answer these questions. I hope so. Mm -hmm. What is it about shed hunting that is so appealing to you? Because I appreciate antler. like Mm -hmm. I geek out on some of the antler you have. But I'm not like, oh, dude, let's get out there and let's pick them up. And I don't have stacks of antler at my house. So what is it that's been so appealing to you?
1: Uh, Appealing is that you never know what you're going to find. It's like a treasure hunt. It's like a game you got to consider whether you're scouting or just getting out in the field, looking at tracks, looking at sign, looking at rubs, beds, et cetera. It's all a game that is, that rewards those who put in the work, you know? So I love to know that the more I work, the more I put into it, the more I get out of it. And antlers I just think are fascinating because they literally grow on an elk or a deer's head in just a few months and naturally fall off their head like what a cool process and antlers i just think are like the coolest thing ever
0: there's a few things the first thing and the most uh important thing that got me hooked on shed hunting was that we can do it all the time like i always wanted to hunt more i always wanted more time in the hills but like i would get bored just scouting and glassing and watching deer Mm -hmm. i wanted to go do something that felt productive and so finding sheds was that for me the other thing is the financial aspect of it was always super exciting to me because I could go out, pick up antlers, and buy gear that I wouldn't typically be able to afford. You know, so if yeah. you work your butt off all season, you pick up a few thousand dollars worth of antler. That's just kind of like side money, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was super exciting about it, and then obviously the ability to use them to get famous on social media.
2: <laughs> Naturally,
0: just number one. How Absolutely. how old were you when you first started? I was fairly hunting. old, so I, I picked them up. I found um, some sheds. When i was like in my teenage years like you know 14 15 years old and i was like "Oh, these are cool
2: but you weren't actively like
0: no i was pretty old honestly i was probably like uh in my early 20s well before i guess I, the first dedicated shed hunting trip i went on i was like a junior in high school and we went and picked up a bunch of deer sheds um on a unit in utah and i was like kind of got the bug a little bit but it was really later um when i moved in with my buddy Troy. We got a place together and like he was pretty into it and I was starting to get into it. So we started going all the time together and that would have been like 12, 13, 14 years ago, somewhere in there. I don't know, but like maybe my mid twenties. Okay. 13,
2: 13 years old.
1: So when I was 12, it could even, it could be considered 12. When I was 12, I was in Idaho and I was hunting with my dad's buddy and he glossed across the canyon. He's like, I think that's a moose antler over there. And I glanced over, I was like, "You're right, that is a big old moose handler, and w- he found the set from that moment on. It was like, "Dad, take me shed hunting. That's all You're I wanted kidding do. me. Oh no.
2: what is the biggest elk set, or what is the biggest elk shed you have found?
1: So that could possibly be one of the sheds I found this year. It was chalk is what we call chalk City, like falling apart in some areas, but put together enough that you could see how big it is. So it's like a 380 set. One of the biggest singles I have is here in the garage. It's a 6 by 7 set. He's pushing 380, but his one side is 15 pounds, inline triple brows, heavy, long fourth, long fifth. I don't know what it scores on its own, but because the set is pushing 380 and it being the stronger
0: side, it could possibly be my biggest single. So the biggest single I found... um Man, I don't know. There's So I found a set, like a real old chalky set, and the bull's a giant. He has uh, triple fronts. It's a triple brow bull, and they're all over 20 inches. All three oh, of his triples word. are. And he has a giant third point, but then he's kind of chewed the crap on his back end. I think if that bull was whole, he was for sure the biggest single I've ever picked up. We kind of guessed him and gave him what he was. I found his other side too, and I think that bull's like four Oh six or something, but he had just like a normal six point side and a giant side. So that his big side for sure is the biggest elk antler I've ever found. But I was so mad about it being chalky and pink and chewed that I got rid of it. I didn't even keep it. Uh, and then
2: it doesn't sound like you. No,
0: nah, I, I don't have like, I love to find them and I love to like pick them up and check them out. Oh, that's so cool. I love the excitement of finding them. But once I found them and looked at them for like a week, I'm good. Yeah. Care. You can let them go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's probably the biggest single, and probably the biggest set. Okay. So I mean, I have a lot of like singles like in the 370 range, you know, but not a ton of like real giants. I found a really nice deadhead. It's like 385. Oh my word! But yeah.
2: What's your biggest mule there, single or set that you found?
0: My biggest single is like 87 and a half inches brown. It's like a straight typical four point horn. Um. <laughs> But it just has the look, like, the mass and everything. A little chunky, pretty four-point. I've picked up some giant chalkers, too. Um, But I don't even, like, when I think about it, they don't even come into my mind because, like, I chalk antlers, like, I don't think of them as that cool. So I do have some big old chalk, like, a lot of chalk in the 80s and then some non-typical stuff, like, probably in the low 90s. Wow. Um, And then I have, like, one of them, I don't know, I think biggest, but, like, my favorite good deer set I picked up a handful of years ago in Nevada, and it's hard white, has a big old hook cheater, has an eight inch hook cheater on the one side, and it's just freaking gnarly, knobby, sweet buck. So, I don't know. Like, I probably could go back through my pictures and find something that I forgot about because I really like, don't. <laughs> you care enjoyed about it deer. in the moment. And yeah, then it was cool. You let but it I just, yeah, yeah.
1: Man, like, it's funny going both elk and deer for as long as I've done it. I have never found what I would consider a true giant of either. And I have been so close, dude. I'm talking like in the right Canyon, taking the wrong line. And I've, I've learned that through word of mouth and friendships and knowing where we're at and what was found. Um, biggest deer set is probably just in the one nineties. And I have a couple singles that would be in that mid one nineties as well, had they been doubled. So a couple nice four point frames with extras but nothing like next level 200 plus.
2: What is the most unique place you found a shed?
1: Hmm. Good question. That one's tough to answer. Let me think. Let me think unique place. I, I would just say like some cliff edges where you're, where you're first of, you're just thinking like, why would an elk come to here out of all the places it could be? It's like in the steepest, roughest, gnarliest cliff And it sheds right on the edge of it, you know, like, man, think, you know, and I always go, man, think of the view this thing had right here, shedding its antler. (laughs) Like, (laughs) do so cliff edges, those aren't rare though. Those are common, but it's the first thing that comes to mind anyways.
0: Um, I found a, one of my biggest deer sheds ever in a vacant lot in town in Cedar. In a vacant lot? Yeah. So I used to, uh, me and Troy used to watch these city bucks all the time and they would come out of the foothills and they would go down in town and they would feed at night like in people's yards and stuff mm-hmm. and we were always we saw this one big inline buck and we always wanted to pick him up for years like never could find any antlers off of him and and one year i was like man like it was in the summertime and i'm like i remember when we were watching that buck and Troy said he was watching that buck that he said he came down like by this office building in this vacant lot i'm like i'm going to go walk it it was like after work one day so I rolled in there. I was riding my motorcycle and just parked it on my way home from work on a whim, went and walked and there was a fence line running through it. And that buck's big side was laying right on the fence line. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. it's just a big, like freaking big horn.
2: That's awesome. Do you do a lot of e-scouting for shed hunting? And if so, is it, do you find it to be really effective?
0: Um, most of the e-scouting I do is related to um, knowledge that I already have, right? Like. I'll have a unit or an area that I like to shed hunt. And then I'll use like a mapping tool to identify similar terrain Mm. um, that surrounds it. I use, um, you know, mapping and stuff a lot while shed hunting. Um, If I see good sign, I'm marking it so that I can come back like on another year to that spot or, you know, so I'm finding my way back out in the dark. Okay. Um, I use the e-scouting more for hunting. But, yeah, I do use it quite a bit for shed hunting, just looking for specific terrain.
1: A lot. I spend a lot of time on Onyx and Google. I'm looking for terrain, topography, south slopes, elevation. Those are the main things.
2: Is it effective? Like, Absolutely. have you done a lot of e scouting? Been like, this looks like a spot, should hold some sheds, and then go there and boom. It's Absolutely.
1: Good. But I'd say nine out of 10 times, it's because I have some previous knowledge of that general area where I'm trying to match elevation, match feed. So if you just sent me to say like Wyoming where I've never been e-scouting might get me close, but i m- I might not nail it down. Like I do some of the other stuff I hunt.
2: Do you feel like I've heard this from shed hunters before, but do you feel like you can sense the presence of a shed and you, then have you felt that and found a shed?
1: I have definitely like come over a ridge and glassed a hillside, a big hillside and instantly zone in on like an oak brush patch and be like, there should be a shed in there. Pull up the binoculars. I was right. Another example is, you know, coming through a set of trees or brush and there's a saddle and all of a sudden tracks elk dropping You're like, there is a brown right here. I need to find it. And you do. So, yeah, definitely. Like you just know when you're in the zone.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if you remember when we were on that lion hunt Yeah, and we were coming down and i started looking around and it's just a lot of years of seeing like the type of stuff they like to hang out in. But we hit an elevation in that lion hunt where I'm like, bro, there's sheds here.
2: Multiple times here. are yeah. like, there's sheds here. For, for sure. And,
0: and like, before we even saw any elk sign, I'm like, this is the zone for sure. And then we started dropping off the face and there's, there's beds there and the droppings everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. So I think it's just like, you get used to knowing the general kind of stuff they like and when you see it all combined in one area you're like this is the zone and there's been a lot of times where like you'll be hiking and you be like oh i'm in the zone for sure and multiple times then you'll be like oh you start finding antlers <laughs> all
2: right this next one may uh be a little bit controversial okay i know you have strong feelings about it sure are the shed seasons that have been put into place for the states do you feel like they're um, justified and logical because the arguments behind them are things like, well, shed hunters are pushing the animals off their winter range or, you know, the elk are trying to recover. They just had the rut. They're really depleted. And, and these shed hunters are, are pushing them around and, and causing stress. A lot of, they use stress, a lot, a lot of stress on the mm-hmm. animals, Like, do you feel the shed seasons are just, do you feel like that happens and, and shed seasons are justified or are they not logical enough to, to be justified?
0: I think it's somewhere in the middle. Like, um, I'm generally opposed to shed seasons because I think that they're for the most part done without any research and any science. It seems like they're a public opinion thing. There's people that decide, oh, yeah, the animals are too stressed or whatever, and they start making a stink about it, and then the state feels like they have to issue some sort of regulation. Um, I think that the places where I shed hunt, they're unnecessary because they're desert, they're low elevation, the elk are hardly ever snowbound. They don't get depleted like they would in high snowfall areas. I just think that um, when states look at putting those regulations into effect They need to actually do a little bit more research. I'm okay with seeing a shed closure in an area that has significant snowfall where the elk actually have a hard time and get seriously seriously depleted.
2: Shouldn't there be a closure on everything then? Right, Right, yeah. Because there's still people using it, snowmobiling. Yeah, there's
0: late cow hunts that go during the shed closure, so like you can hunt them. And like this idea that you're stressing out elk, right? People use that all the time. Oh, you're stressing them out. Like an elk's whole life is avoid predators. That's his whole life. You're not stressing out an elk by bumping out of its bed one time. I don't care what anybody says. A big bull that's on the winter range, even if he is depleted, he's going to stand up out of his bed. He's going to walk or jog a couple hundred yards to where he feels safe. You're going to walk by, and that's the end of it. And like the argument is that they're repeatedly bumped and, bumped and bumped and bumped and bumped and bumped. And like, I don't know, it just seems like a stretch to me. I don't think that that's actually going on from what I see in my own experience out there. So largely unwarranted. I would say for the most
1: part, no, doesn't make sense because not every area is that deep snowfall, high pressure, et cetera. They would make a lot more sense to me if they, closed literally every activity on that critical winter range area. Cause there's that would still make sense.
2: Snowmobilers there's still people hiking around.
1: Exactly. They, if they said, Hey, listen guys, this is a critical winter range area. There's literally no activities, no hiking, no walking your dog, no predator hunting, no coyote calling, no shed hunting. I would be like, nice. Like seems to make sense. Now when they're like, Hey, there's no shed hunting. But again, for the most part, it's the act of picking up the antler. So I can go walk, which would still push elk. I can still go hike, which would still push the elk, but the physical act of like picking up a bone is the illegal part. So it's not logical. Not at
2: all. Are the good old days of shed hunting over?
1: Yes. When I think of the good old days, I think of being able to go up into a canyon and finding everything from chalks, whites, browns. Those days are over for the most most of the popular stuff. Now, is there some wilderness area like deep in the backcountry that's got both, all the above? There is, but for the most part, the stuff that gets hit is now you're mostly looking for the fresher stuff. You know, the one-year-olds that got missed and the browns. So the good old days are just stacking it hacking it
2: they're done
0: they're over no no they're definitely not the game has changed right the easy days of shed hunting are over the days when you could just go to a random road um in an elk unit and go for a walk and find a ton of elk antlers it's harder because i think elk are more um some of the like the great elk hunting states are poorly managed right now so there's not the bulls that there could be but it's just a matter of how hard you work and how how um, much more you're willing to do, how much more you're willing to scout and the time you're willing to put in. The good days are whenever you make them. Like I I believe that on most things. Like it can be lost. I think that like we could manage the elk down to a point where it's just like not worth doing anymore, but we're not there yet. So, some people have
2: so have said multiple times that like social media and these content creators have ruined shed hunting. Are is that a true statement?
0: No, no, it's not. It's definitely made it more popular and it's changed the game a little bit, but yeah, it used to be easier to find antlers because you could go to more obvious places because there were less people doing it and more sheds getting missed. Like that's undeniable, but it hasn't ruined it because it's created a community surrounding shed hunting. Now, like back in the old days, you know, you find a nice antler and, and you know, who are you going to talk to about it? Maybe you've got one buddy that even cares about finding antlers. You show them a shed antler and they'll be like, Oh, we just leave those on the ground when we're hunting. You know, and like, if you're stoked about it and you love it and you want shed hunting clothes and you want like shed hunting videos to watch and you want, um, choose for your dog made out of antler, then it's better than ever. It's an industry and a business and also like a community now. So I think it's cooler now than ever before.
2: That's awesome. Well said.
1: Ruining it. No, I would disagree with that because it's a great activity, which most of the stuff we do, like 98% is on public land. It's just it's, it's inspiring others to get out and enjoy the access to public lands that we all have. Um, it's not ruining it because I'm 38, been doing this for over 20 years, and not this year but last, I had my best year ever. Wow. So for the people that want to sit home and complain from the couch and say, hey, you know, it's just not as fun anymore because I can't get out and find any. I'm like, I am like,
2: used to walk up a draw and pick um, 100.
1: Stay home. Let the rest of us that want to put in the work and work hard, go reap the rewards. Now, is it popular? Definitely. The internet has helped that. Social media has helped that. YouTube channels have helped that. But I would say that's just like the natural evolution of technology. There's probably more people that collect coins than there was 10 years ago because someone saw it on the internet. So, yeah. But it didn't ruin it.
2: Okay. As you already know, we end these episodes with some would-you-rathers. So I've got three would-you-rathers for you. Okay. Okay. Number one, would you rather find a 370 elk set or a 204 mule deer set?
0: That's tough. I think I would probably take the mule deer, which is funny because I'm an elk guy through and through, right? You bump that elk set up to like 380 plus, I'm an elk all day. But in that ratio, I've picked up enough bulls in that range and not hardly any mule deer in that range, like just maybe a couple. So I think I would take the mule deer.
1: My first response is the 204 mule deer set just because I haven't found that.
2: You just surprised me there.
1: But like, I don't know why you're saying you surprised me because you would think I'd say elk because that is the case. Like I do want to find more elk. I enjoy finding elk, but at this position where I'm at, I just haven't found a deer that big. So I'm picking that one knowing that I could still go out and get all the three fifties and the three (laughs) sixties.
2: Would you rather have the worst case of IBS, but be able to shed hunt Idaho by yourself or be perfectly healthy, but not be able to shed hunt
1: I don't know. Worst
2: case of IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Okay, like I didn't. I pants.
1: didn't even know what that meant. I'm like, yeah, what kind mean, of terminology is this? Medical <laughs> industry?
2: Yeah. Well, technically, yes.
1: Okay, so so
2: you have the worst case of IBS. It's permanent. It's permanent. You're pooping your pants. You like you're having a hard time with your bowels. Mm-hmm. But you're the only person that can shed hunt Idaho. Or you can be a healthy specimen, but you're not allowed to shed hunt.
1: Oh, my gosh, dude. I'd, I'd probably just say be healthy and break the law. <laughs> I'd be healthy, feel good, and then, like, have to go shed hunt and just be a felon or whatever <laughs> just, it is.
2: Just mark it down. Yeah,
0: just meow. You know.
2: But you can't shed hunt.
0: Shed hunt anywhere? I can't shed hunt anywhere?
2: I'd, Idaho by yourself.
0: Okay. Uh, I would definitely take the IBS. It's no big deal, dude. Like if you're out in the hills all the time, um, i do I only have the IBS when I'm shed hunting or no, for my all whole the time.
2: life? Yeah. It's, you, it's, it's a real disease <sighs> and you sh- like pooping your pants all the time. You're wearing depends. I think, but you're the only person that's allowed to shed hunt Idaho or you could be perfectly healthy, but you can't shed hunt.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I think I would, I think, uh, it depends if it was like on a yearly rotation too because it's like maybe i'd deal with the ibs for one year if it meant that i could have the state to myself for one year but i don't know like it's it's a little cloudy if you said yeah, like
2: a, a rotation is not a part of the would you rather
0: yeah i think i would rather i think i'd rather i already kind of have ibs so it's like whatever <laughs>
1: <laughs> no you don't i mean a little you bit you can be stinky sometimes I have but
0: <laughs> you ever get the pre-excitements
2: no that's john
0: you and oh, john are the charlers. i get like that dude when yeah. it's like when it's time to hunt Bubble guts.
2: (laughs) Would you rather experience shed hunting as it is right now or as it was 10 years ago, but you only
0: have two days right now? Yeah. Two days wouldn't be enough because I can have two great days a year right now and then also shed hunt a bunch on top of that.
1: I would now because that's the fun of it, right? Like going back to some of the, the first question I think is it's like, there's still this sky's the limit, even though it is competitive, there's people that do it. I still have most all year in most States to go and work as hard as I want to find as many as I want, as big as I can possibly find where in the two days I'd be so limited. And then 362 days, 63 days of the year or whatever, I'd be like miserable, <laughs> like wishing I could go, yeah. you know, yeah. it's always like you, cause you know, if you couldn't go, you would want to go even more. Yeah. So yeah, I'd rather just find nowadays is fine. Like I said, like it's not ruined. There's, it's so great it's a renewable resource i mean fresh antlers are shed every year, every year. what i do wish is that we just had the population and the quality that we had 10 years ago yeah. that's what's cool about going back to 10 years ago more elk bigger elk you know you could probably say the same for the winter range in some of the western states for mule deer probably more of them and more big ones
2: Okay, thanks, man. Thanks for coming, coming on. Absolutely, again. I can't for wait your to. S- I'm
1: looking forward to see the edit with Shed Crazy. That guy's witty. He's got quick answers and he's funny. I, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. That was cool. Thank you. Well, Ben Dog, thanks for coming on.
0: Happy to do it.
2: Keep, uh, keep crazy. Cutter Cast. Cutter Cast. Here we go.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Let us know below in the comments. What's the coolest shed you ever picked up? Or are you more or less inclined to go shed hunting now after that episode? Tell us us your honest feelings. Give Ben and Eric some love. Thank you, Ben and Eric, for coming on. We appreciate it as always. And until next time, bye.